Hello, and welcome to This Week I Learned, your audio guide to the most surprising discoveries and fascinating studies of the week. I'm your host, Lauren Hansen. This week I learned there's a bright side to the fear of death. The chilling reality of your inevitable demise can almost instantly improve your athletic game. According to the Washington Post, two doctoral students in psychology at the University of Arizona wanted to test how terror management affects sports motivation. Now, terror management is something we all have. It's basically the way our self-esteem acts as a natural buffer against death anxiety. The researchers focused on men who were fairly good at basketball. 31 participants were recruited thinking that they're taking a personality and sports study test. They were asked to play two games of one-on-one basketball against a person they thought was just another participant, but was really one of the other researchers. Their games were recorded and analyzed afterward. So first they played one game, and then before the second game, they filled out a questionnaire. Half of the subjects were asked questions about a neutral subject, like basketball. The other half were asked questions related to death. Some sample questions were, what do you think happens to you when you die, and what do you think will happen once you're dead? So, you know, really light stuff. The researchers then allowed for some time between the questionnaire and the game, so those thoughts were able to settle down into the subject's subconscious, and then they hit the court. Researchers were actually shocked at how big an effect the death questionnaire had on the basketball players. Those who took it had their performance improve 40%. Those who took the neutral questionnaire didn't have any improvement at all. Participants also took part in a timed free throw challenge. The group assembled on the court and a researcher wearing a t-shirt with a skull and crossbones on it gave the instructions. The thing was, only half the group could see the t-shirt. For the other half, the death image was covered by an unzipped jacket. And the guys who could see the death tee outperformed those who didn't by 30%. They also seemed to exert more effort, attempting to get in more free throws before their time was up than those who didn't. Basically, in the face of death, self-esteem helps us deal with that inevitable threat. The better we think of ourselves, whether it's how fit or how smart, the more we think we can push off death. This week I learned you can stop washing your office coffee cup. In fact, it's actually better if you don't. As long as you're not sharing your coffee cup with someone else, your used mug and its crusty coffee stain at the bottom are carrying minimal germs. Even if you're sick, it's pretty hard to reinfect yourself with the same bug because most viruses don't live long enough outside the body. Now, if you like your coffee with milk, cream, or sugar and you leave it sitting on your desk all weekend, then yes, by all means, please give it a rinse because mold can grow. But you're actually doing yourself a favor by not washing your mug with the office sponge. That communal monstrosity likely has the highest bacteria count of anything in the office. But if you must use it, you can zap those germs in the microwave. Otherwise, don't waste your time. This week I learned why we get a lump in our throat when we cry. It has to do with our fight or flight response. You see, whenever we feel stressed, our bodies prepare us to either physically take on that obstacle or to flee the scene. To do that, our heart rate increases, our blood pressure skyrockets, and our respiratory rate increases. And this respiration rate is what affects the muscles in our throat. You see, there's a muscle called the glottis. It works with the vocal cords to make certain sounds, but for this example, more importantly, it also controls the opening of the throat. 
The glottis expands when we breathe and the opening forms a triangular shape to let air in and out of the lungs. When we're sad or stressed or angry and our body kicks in to fight or flight, the glottis expands to allow more air in and that's where the lump comes in. Though there's two theories for it, but both blame muscle tension. So one theory suggests that when you try to swallow, you're forcing the closing of the glottis just as it's trying to expand, which creates that tension in muscles in your throat and thus the discomfort. But according to theory two, since the lump mainly occurs when you're trying to not cry as opposed to just being angry or stressed, you're restricting the muscles in your throat while the glottis is trying to expand. So the best way to combat the lump in your throat is to take a few deep breaths and try to relax. Or, you know what, just let it out. It's cathartic for you and your glottis. This week I learned that American workers get less vacation than medieval peasants once did. The medieval peasant had, indeed, a miserable life. Healthcare was non-existent, disease and famine widespread, and what they lacked in good diet and hygiene, well, they sure made up for in personal time. Now, it's true that much of medieval workers' labor would have been in the field, harvesting according to the seasons. But it wasn't just the weather that slowed things down. It was the church. Acting as officiant, the church mandated frequent official holidays like Christmas, Easter, and Saints' Days. The church also allowed people to take full weeks off for important life events like funerals and weddings. And they did this for one key reason, to keep the population happy, to ensure that they wouldn't rebel. Even during particularly prosperous periods like 14th century England, when wages were relatively high, peasants worked no more than 150 days in a year. These days, your average worker gets 10 days of paid vacation. A typical day in medieval period was from dawn until dusk, which is about 16 hours during the summer and 8 during the winter. But those weren't full laborious days. Workers were allowed to take all three meals and even an afternoon snooze, even during peak harvest time. Even servants who worked for lords didn't have to work full days. If a serf worked an entire day, it counted as two. So our ancestors may not have been rich, but they sure were flush in leisure time. And that does it for this episode of This Week I Learned. Look out for new episodes every Friday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To read more about any of the facts I've mentioned, you can head on over to theweek.com slash podcast, where you can also check out 7-Minute Opinions and 7-Minute Explainers. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a rating or a review on iTunes. I'm Lauren Hansen, and thank you so much for listening. 